G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Mike. And I'm Dale. And we are here for our review and rank series of Eurovision 2022. And we are here to talk about one of the real talking points about this year's competition, Ukraine. Yes, Ukraine indeed. I mean, just wonderful to have them in the lineup. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be quite the event than being there in Turin, fingers crossed. Oh, absolutely. There are some more important things in this world than the song competition, and obviously the news around Ukraine is one of them. Indeed. Well, let's talk about Ukraine and Eurovision first before we get into the entry. Look, they competed 16 times, and they've been in the grand final every single time. Mm. They've only had to qualify 11 times, though, because either they won and they hosted, or they got through because of their ranking before, but they've got through the semifinals every time, the only country, sadly, after Australia last year, (laughs) to do so. They won it twice, obviously, uh, Jamalara in 2016 with 1944, and 2004 with Wild Dancers, but also recently, they've still been absolutely smashing it. Last year, Goay with Shum gave the first top 10 since Jamala, but before that as well, they had um, Maria with TikTok come six, the wonderful Zlata with Gravity come third, and Mika Newton with Angel come fourth as well. So a lot of great uh, results there within the top five, top six, and a lot of everybody else, not a lot, everybody else making the grand final. One of the true powerhouses of the Eurovision Song Contest, aren't they? All right, Dale. Well, this year for us, Ukraine have Kalush Orchestra with Stefania. Orchestra is a five-piece hip-hop folk band named after the Ukrainian city of Kalush. The band is a side project of the music act Kalush, which only features a few members and focuses on hip-hop, rap and beats. The additional members provide the folk and instrumental elements, hence the addition of orchestra to the group's name. Now, one of the group's members, Ilhor Didenchuk, will be a familiar face to Eurovision fans as he was part of Goe's entries for 2020 and 2021. Yeah, and they were quite the story about even making to Turin in the first place because Vidber, the Ukrainian national final, look, it's had some controversies over the year, the years, and it was won again this year. Kalush Orchestra actually came second in Vidber. Mm. The winner, Alina Pash, actually withdrew after winning uh, because of some falsification of documents. And a few other things going on. Irregularities, Dale, going on, wasn't there? There was quite a few things happening there, so maybe go look it up there. But we have to say that Kalush Orchestra won the public vote quite convincingly as well. So they got 50% of the votes in an eight-song field, doubled the amount of votes that Alina Pash got in second place. They came third with the jury, which is why they kind of missed out originally, but they were offered the ticket to Turin after her withdrawal. Mm, And I think a lot of people are very happy to see them there. This was always very, very popular, particularly in the fandom, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's nice to see the Ukrainian people have chosen this entry, actually, particularly with everything going on. Absolutely. Shall we talk about some pros on this one, Dale? Now, this has its own unique identity, which is almost unmistakably Ukrainian, and that is just going to sing so loudly. 
Exactly. I think this move Ukraine's done in the last few years of combining Ukrainian traditional folk with modern contemporary music is really working. It was much more maybe dance doofy last year. This is much more like a driving beat and rap behind it as well. But this combination works so well because it makes it accessible, but makes it really authentic at the same time. Absolutely. And it's not just genre smashing and getting a, a terrible result. These genres really do blend very well. And I think it makes this entry really interesting. For a first listener in particular, you don't really know where the song is going. So I think that interest for a first listen is there. Oh, yeah. I love the chorus with uh, the singing, with the little the whistle flute thing as well. And then he comes in with the rap and he does it so well. I, You know, really big kudos to that rap. It sounds mm. perfect every time. He gives it great energy and a really unique delivery as well. So I think they're both really good. And as you say, they don't kind of, it's not oil and water. They mm. do mix well together. Yeah, for sure. Now we've seen some live performances, not just from the national final, but also some preview party performances. And they can perform the song very, very well. So I'm not having too much of a difficulty thinking this is going to come across well on stage because, let's face it, it's an odd song and could be very messy. But I'm very confident that even with just a little tweak, if the boys can be there live and get that staging, this could come across very, very well. And they do a really good thing in that kind of last minute or last 45 seconds, I forget when it is, where you've kind of done the rapping, the rapping, the chorus, the chorus, what else you got? And they actually just, they bring the clapping in for the crowd and they make it more anthemic because it's quite like, go through, do their bits, but it kind of brings a crowd into it and adds another element there as well. I mean, we've got uh, the sentiment. Yeah, let's talk about the sentiment, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Look, ultimately as an entry, this was going to be an attention gathering kind of song. Now that we have the other elements on top, yeah, of course we've got some sentimental, you know, favoritism out there for them. It can't be ignored. How much that will manifest itself in votes from juries and televotes, we don't know. It's just there. It's going to be big. It's going to be big for Ukraine this year. Of course it is. I think you mentioned at the start, I mean, some things are bigger than Eurovision, uh, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is way bigger. And the fact it's a favorite in the odds is for a reason, and it isn't the song itself. Mm There's part of the song, if it was a dog of a song, it it probably wouldn't win. The juries would kill it enough, but there's enough there. So there was always, I think, an entry there for me that was kind of that kind of top 10-ish, maybe around that area. And now everything has happened... Everyone in Europe is going to want to pick up the phone for them. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't love the song, you want to vote for Ukraine. Eurovision is a subjective contest and other elements always have a, a role to play. Whether you think a song's not trying hard enough, whether you think a song, uh, a country shouldn't be in the contest like Australia, mm. there's always elements of positive or negative that play and there's going to be just so much deserved positive sentiment towards Ukraine. We're all human beings, you know, and ultimately we have our own biases, etc. And whether we're unconscious about those biases, and I think people will really embrace Ukraine this year, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that if they do. I guess we should talk about some possible cons on this entry as well, Linda. Yeah, I'll start us off here. Let's start with rap, because 
it is a bit spoken word rappy, and that generally hasn't performed well at Eurovision, and it's in Ukrainian. Mm. So it's also not that accessible. So it's a genre that really kind of hasn't worked that well. Yeah, I'm going to talk about, um, I guess, here, the message of the song. Now, generally, you know, commentators, you'll have those few seconds to explain to the audience out there what the message of the song is. And it is about his mother, which is very, very sweet. Obviously, I think they're not going to have time really to get that in there. So people might just be left a little bewildered with what's going on with the song. Is it anything about current events? There could be some head scratching. Yeah, and they have actually said originally that, of course, it was about his mother, Stephanie, Mama, whatever. But they also said it's about all mothers of Ukraine now. Mm -hmm. So you might start to conflate the message too. So it might get a little confusing. Staging-wise, there's some really nice elements when they sway and things like that. But... In the recent performances of these, use these weird kind of costume things. They might be really meaningful. They might be something, but I just don't think they're working, particularly for the main guy who sings a chorus, the traditional sounding mm-hmm. one. Looks weird. I can't connect with him. He doesn't sound good with it. It's a really bad step. So hopefully they don't do that. If they do, uh, I think that's definitely a drawback. Yeah. Um, also, ultimately, this genre smash kind of thing may not work for everybody. Not everybody, believe it or not, loved Go Away last year. I know a lot of people did. But it does put some people off. And ultimately, it could put some jurors off as well. Exactly. I totally agree with you. Jury as well has always been... A problem. It was a problem for Go A last year. This is very different, but again, same area. And I think, you know, the jurors will be the question mark, and I think they will decide how well this does. Also, it's not an emotive song. So we feel a lot of emotion about the sentiment we talked about before. And I think this has more, this is more real, and there's almost like a power and an anger sometimes mm. about this. And I think that might come out of it. And I love that. I'm like, I think maybe the European, particularly Western audience, might want to see a song where you hold a candle and sing a peace song and cry when they want to kick people in the nuts and throw a Molotov cocktail and good on them for doing so. Mm. That might not be what Europe wants to make themselves feel a bit better about. And maybe they just might not emotionally connect as they would have done with an Alina Pash song, that one who won Vidba originally, that was very much emotional and very much like in that kind of wheelhouse. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. There's almost a defiant tone to this, which is fantastic. Which I love. Yeah, Yeah. which is great. Well, I mean, singing about your mother and being defiant. I think we've all been there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, you're right that there is a, a, yeah, an in-your-faceness about this, which people might not perhaps get. Yeah. I'm also going to say, and this is the last thing I have as a con, it just may be overshadowed by the whole thing. You know, mm. will anyone actually sit there and listen to the song and take it in? Or is it the conversation in the lounge room going to turn to Ukraine? Or, you know, you know, wow, like they're there. I can't believe it. Oh, my gosh. And not actually take in what's happening on the stage. So, I mean, I hope they have time to prepare a fantastic staging and everything. But, you know, who knows what, what resources they have at this stage. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I think it's kind of what I'm trying to badly get to in that whole thing about people want to connect on the issue and not on the song and the artist, which I think sucks. Mm. Um, But it's human. Mm. And so because the song might not match their expectations of what that is, they might not pick up as much as we think they're going to pick it Mm. up for. I still think they will, Mm -hmm. but maybe that's the question mark there. (laughs) 
Well, as always, Dale, it's not just about us. It is also the Aussie Vision team. And what were their thoughts on Ukraine? Well, yes, the Aussie Vision team did listen to all the songs competing and rank them. And they have placed Ukraine in... 11th place. 11th. Okay, just outside the 10 there. Just missing the 10 there. But you know what? It had a really... uh, Another broad range. I think every song's had a broad range here. (laughs) 4th to 33rd, Mm -hmm. but impressively, 7 top 10s. Okay. Which is almost half the team who are voting that we know so far. So, yeah, I think the top 10s might be just a bit more towards the bottom of the 10. Hence why it's kind of just fallen out outside. Oh, it was always a popular type of song with Australians, wasn't it? Now, which of the team members will we be hearing from today? We will be hearing from Liv and we'll be hearing from Hugo. There is always going to be a market for these types of entries at Eurovision, the ones with the traditional folky elements with that modern contemporary twist. And doesn't Stefania just walk down that line absolutely perfectly? There is something here that an Eastern or a Western listener can listen to and really find an aspect of it that they like because it is a real buffet of sounds. You know, there's lots of little sample packs for everyone to go around, right? I love the steez and energy that these boys bring to stage. They look like they're having fun. I'm having fun watching it. That flute riff absolutely goes straight to the memory bank. It is something that just stuck with me from day dot and I love this entry. National final controversy aside, this is a very worthy Eurovision song. Stefania moves at a really good pace, so I never really feel bored at all listening to it. The chorus is melodic enough. I don't usually like rap, but this seems to work within the whole song. But for me, it's that flute instrumental that gets me up and about. It's just so catchy. And the traditional element of the flute, combined with the modern drum beat, makes it a nice little mid-tempo headbanger for me. Of course this will stand out because it's so unique, both in language and musical style, and sort of upbeaty type songs are few and far between in semi-final one. Without the current situation, this already would be sailing into the final, and now with it, we might just see this do really, really well. Awesome, great comments there from Liv and Hugo. Pan-European appeal there for Liv, and I really agree with that, and that's what works so well with these genre mashups. And also with Hugo, good pace, and it really does sell its uniqueness very well, and they've both got that little fluty hook in there. They both love the flute. <laughs> and can we talk about the buffet of sounds? <laughs> Liv mentioned I love that, and the steez. Yeah. Gotta love Liv's way with words. Fantastic. Absolutely. I guess we should wrap and rank on Ukraine here, Dale. I'm going to start us off. Now, obviously, Ukraine will be the biggest story when we get to the contest this year. Unfortunately, for reasons not so much to do with the contest, that should not diminish what Kalush Orchestra and Stefania are bringing to the table at all. As I mentioned, it was an entry that would have got attention anyway, but now the spotlight is even more on it. I personally quite like this song. I think the whole thing comes together very, very well. I can only hope they make it to the stage in Turin and give us one of the real moments of perhaps a Eurovision history. So for this one, I have ranked it in 19th. 19th? Okay, look, 19th is not bad for you in this area. Top 20. Anything in the top 20 for me is doing very, very well this year. Well, look, I watched Vidber and I love this immediately and I love this entry. It was my 12 points in the studio going into the national finals um, and afterwards I was actually really pleased to see it end up taking the ticket to Turin. I love this mix of traditional and contemporary. 
I think both parts of it do a great job and come together and blend together so well. I want to see the staging that works really well for this. That's my one concern about it. And I want to connect with those singers and connect with the performances more. I think sometimes even the rap guy with this pink hat and the others, I want to make those connections with the performance as well overall. I think that's just an emotional connection that you need to kind of connect with. Let's be honest. It won't be a surprise to see this at least win a tally vote uh-huh. and probably a very strong chance to take out the whole thing. I think it'll certainly do better because of the sentiment, but I agree it would have done well nonetheless, I think. I think things are bigger than Eurovision itself, and I have no issue wherever this lies because of whatever happens. That's part of the subjective nature of Eurovision uh-huh. and just life and things being more important. Obviously, I think it's going to do really well, and it has done well in my rankings. Maybe not quite up to the top three, but it has come in eighth place. Eighth place, top ten for you. Top ten. Oh, good style. Yeah, love it. I loved it, as I mentioned, loved it from the get-go. Straight away hearing it, and the Aussie Vision team ranked this number one for Vidbur in the rankings before the comp. So I think there is, yeah, there's a bit of love for this song. Oh, I think there's more than a bit of love for this song, to be honest. And it's just purely for the song and the performance, taking out all other factors as well. So, yeah, a very, very likeable song from Ukraine. I think it's going to be something we never forget if we uh, have the opportunity to see them in Turin. Exactly. As you said, this could be historic, Hmm. what we get to see. And I think we'll all be privileged to see and witness whatever happens in Turin. Yeah, all the best, Ukraine. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. As always, thanks for joining us and thank you for your support. You can follow us on our social media channels at AussieVisionNet. And if you want to support the work that we and 20 Aussie Vision volunteers do and get some really good bonus content, then you can subscribe to our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thanks very much. Catch you later.